So, without further ado, drum roll. What's up, world? It's Cameron Rock. This is the Upgrade America podcast. It's uh, supporting the Cameron Rock 2020 presidential campaign, Upgrade America. Yeah. So, we got CJ the Day Slayer down there in Florida. I see you with the air power hat. You know I like that represent. So, um, today we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna go back to this podcast roots and go back political. I know we deviated it from it, you know, but uh, let's let's get into it. We're gonna be talking about impeachment, also just the bipartisan bickering, and um, you gonna do a health check on Bernie Sanders? <laughs> yeah. We need to we need to see what's up with that. Yeah, yeah, true indeed. The campaign is uh running a campaign is stressful, and that's just to yeah. get the job, you know. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, shout out to all our listeners, international. We know who you are. Uh, we really appreciate. We're trying to grow this thing. We got Thank- Europe on the map, like we got. Yeah. UK, we got Poland. You, you said some yeah. wild things that I, I I didn't know we we were hitting. Yeah. There, but I, I want to see Africa and I want to I want to see Asia and not yeah, sure And you know South America as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so, we're getting some traction, so that's just good. And um, we're always ready to have additional guests on the show. You know, if something's burning on your heart. The whole purpose of the show is to brainstorm policy among the people, you know, for uh, a presidential candidate to, to take into office and make policy. So, yeah, if you got something that you, you want to discuss on the show, please let us know. Send us an email, DM, or even put it in the comments. So, without further ado, man, impeachment. So, there, I guess there's a misconception uh, among the populace that impeachment is like the result like you've been impeached and now you're out of office on the contrary impeachment is the process like when a president gets impeached that's the formal process hey you're getting impeached that means now they're gathering evidence i believe they're referred to as articles of impeachment Mm -hmm. and uh they take that to the house i believe they do a vote and then it goes to a trial yeah, I got it right here. I can read it real quick. Oh, go ahead. Brush over. Um, the process is started by two-thirds majority vote of the parliament to impeach the president, whereupon the constitutional court decides whether the president is guilty mm-hmm. of a crime which he is charged. If found guilty, he's removed from power. So now my understanding this constitutional court, it's comprised of the Senate is like the jury. So the senators would be the jury. I do believe that the Congressional House has like a judiciary committee and they would be prosecutors. And overall, it's like the Supreme Court justice who resides, I'm sorry, presides over the whole thing like the judge. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I want to emphasize that if a president is found guilty in this trial, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to jail. It holds no criminal, uh, it's not a criminal trial, it's merely political. And if a president is, you mentioned those three, two-thirds, or is it? Two-thirds. 
two thirds of the senators vote majority vote means yeah. um, that the president is removed from office, and you know I, I believe it cannot be appealed. That decision can't be appealed. It's it's set in stone, dead and done. So, yeah. and surprisingly, when you historically when you look back as far as from like from Reagan on up, it seems that every president had some sort of advancement towards impeachment. You know, um, I know Barack Obama was facing it because of the whole CIA drone use with uh, um, Predator drones. You know, it's, it, that was a pretty gray area. And I believe it was killed that uh, it was killed on the house or something like that along those lines. But what are your thoughts on the current situation? I'm torn because I could see pursuing it because stuff is coming out. Um, but he's kind of 45 has been kind of running amok since he's been in. Like he only got what a few months left, really. Yeah, and and I so here's the thing on that. And there's actually two things I want to point out on. I'll touch on the, the on the latter is he has a few months left. So why waste so much energy, so much money? Because there surely there must be a cost to this whole procedure. Why not just let it ride out towards the election, you know, rather than, than doing all that? And the other issue I wanted to address is like, it, what if there is some validity in the findings? Mm-hmm. I.e., um, if Joe Biden did do a cover up for his son for some sort of a, some sort of scandal, use federal resources to, you know, to are, are we to ignore that? Yeah, that's tough. And how does that affect his campaign? I mean, he should be like backing out like that Homer Simpson meme. Right? And it is, but it's like, but when there's so much bias in the media, they can mm-hmm. spin it. They can be like, yeah, he was doing something bad, but the president used resources to find out those bad things. You yeah. know? So it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, this is bad, but they're pointing the blame over there. But you got to look at both sides Absolutely. Of, of, the, of the scale. And um, I don't know, you think this is stronger enough? Because my understanding, the high crimes, they say, it's like bribery, treason, mm. and something else. I forget. I think that it would kind of fall under it. The fact that we know about it, I think, is what the crime is. Not so much that he did it. Hmm. I think the fact that we kind of you're sloppy, that, like, uh, yeah, it's you're only being punished because you are sloppy. Is that kind of because think about it, like you, we don't know what presidents talk to world leaders about. They use back channels. They do kind of stuff off the books that we're not really going to know about. So. In this instance, I feel like he he was sloppy, careless. Do you, and, and you got like, the, did you hear the transcripts? I seen some of it, and it's I don't know. It's kind of gray, but it doesn't look good. I put it that that again when it's gray is one thing, but smoking gun is is something else. And it really seems like they're picking at everything to, uh, you know, 
I don't know. And my this is an opinionated question. Mm-hmm. How much more work, how much more progress do you think would get done without this constant bipartisan bickering? Oh. Hey, this party's trying to get this president out of office. This party's trying to get that president out of office. What if everyone worked together and then, you know, pushed towards mutual objectives? How much further do you think we would get? We wouldn't be in half this shit, <laughs> to be honest. I think if we really, if people put their biases to the side, hey, we're compromising. That's what politics, politics is all about. Some, you got to compromise to get an objective done, right? So I feel like exactly if they put all this shit to the side, like this is kind of what I would propose. I don't know how it would fly, but I'll be like, yo, 45. You need to resign. Joe, you need to resign. All right, now let's focus on what we got at hand, blah, blah, blah. Start knocking all these problems off. That's what I would kind of do. Both of y'all sit down, shut the hell up, and let people work. That's me, though. Me? I mean, I, I, I see your approach is... Again, it's we have two months until, what, 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I think people should use be using their power to serve the good of the people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think this is such a smoking gun to where we people should be focusing their efforts on the removal of the president at this time. Well, yeah. it's, it's all a matter of. Um, opinion i suppose i mean or you can do a wink wink like hey don't run again wink wink so we can move forward i mean this is politics so let's just keep it real (laughs) again it's like just hypothetical Mm -hmm. they went with this impeachment procedure right Mm -hmm. and the senate two-thirds voted him and found him guilty. So he's removed from office and what? You, what do you charge? Just, what's the, what happens next? Well, I think Mike Pence takes over. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with the chain of command. Yeah, I'm he takes to, uh, I'm referring uh, to, to the, the state of what would, a, what would happen to Mr. Trump? That's a really good question. Nobody's really talked about that. What the, is the mention everything about you can't indict a sitting president, yada yada yada, but after the fact, you know, after you're out of office, then then what happens? Like what's the process on that? And or is there anything substantial to indict him with? Because mm. <laughs> again, been, like, I hear it's, been... it's like, Oh, you made a phone call and you you, you said this and that and you all these gray allegations, like I don't know. It's just something to, to speculate on. The one thing I can say about 45 is that he did expose a lot of things that go along with being a traditional president, but there was no um, regulation for it. Like, give me an example. I, I give you an example. Like showing his taxes. There's nothing saying you have to show your taxes. So in one respect, I kind of 
like thought that was pretty cool because as you as an independent candidate mm-hmm. it kind of trailblazes like hold up this is not really in the articles and the bill of rights and all this kind of stuff like so why are y'all making me do this when i don't really have to like just that's just one example like i can't that's give him credit for trailblazing huh I said, that is a very good example. And it's, uh, I like that you mentioned he's following the rules, but he's following, it's, yeah, it's different. And I think, um, well, I'm seeing, I've noticed what you've noticed as well. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be a whole totally different campaign. 2020 is going to be wild, like. After I seen how 2016 was and the things that politicians could get away with in tweeting and they're expressing themselves, like um, I suppose this goes on to political correctness. Yeah, I mean we can talk about. I guess let me throw in this this quick thing real quick. Okay. So who are the only presidents that got impeached if it went through? I understand. I want to say it's two. Yeah, I think it was two, right? Clinton and was it Nixon? And Nixon resigned before he could get thrown out. Yeah, and I think Andrew Jackson got impeached. Was it him? I think they said that was Jackson or Johnson. One of them got impeached. I forgot. I want to say it was Johnson. We should totally fact check that, though. Yeah, let me fact check. I got to Google open real quick. Let's see. I know. Bill Clinton got impeached, but he got acquitted or something. Let me see. Uh, Bill Clinton. Um, that's for sure. Um. Oh, okay. So I think Andrew Johnson was impeached by the House, but later was acquitted by the Senate by one vote. I see. So, okay. And then Nixon, I think he resigned, right? Yeah, yeah, he resigned before they threw him out. Like, my understanding, so here's another key fact about impeachment is, like, it takes two parties. It's a bipartisan effort. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not like, um, pretty much you gotta be so bad that your own party wants you out. <laughs> yeah. My understanding is, like, some officials, they came to, to Nixon, they're just like, yo... There's no way you're going to survive this two-thirds vote, man. So you might as well bow out gracefully, you know, and, and he resigned. Yeah. But um, I suppose that's always better. It's always better to quit than to leave on your own accords than to get thrown out, you know? Yeah. I mean, either way, you're famous or infamous, I guess you can put it. <laughs> True. Yeah. But I mean, we was rolling over to the whole political correctness thing. All right. Let's do it. And, um, What really... But really got me I don't want to say got me into politics but I, I started listening a little bit closer was when I heard Donald Trump call Rosie O'Donnell like a fat disgusting pig or something along those lines and I hate to you know resurface those uh, those tweets but then hearing that I'm like yo this is like a whole nother ball game it's not about you know shaking babies and kissing hands and you know being a uh, how do you say the politically correct paper cut cardboard politician like mm-hmm. he was clearly being obnoxious and people were loving it so that's why i knew it was like it's a different type of game you know 
And what do you think? Is political correctness dying? I would say yeah, because you know you you got a, a, a sitting president who is not very political correct. Mm-hmm. Be correct. Actually, I will give the I'll give him this credit. It's refreshing to see somebody speak how they feel mm-hmm. without political correctness or political language or jargon. I've also noticed if you pay attention to this campaign, I've been seeing a lot of Democratic candidates starting to do the same. Like uh, Senator, was it Beto O'Rourke? Mm-hmm. He's been using profanity. Like he's been kind of. So I'm starting to notice, like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Why am I being so PC? And, and I'm gradually uh, creeping towards that. I wanted to be, I guess, because I'm I'm so colorful enough with, you know, my personality and appearance. I'm trying to tone it down by not mm-hmm. so much profanity. And yeah, at times, you know, I, I still want to use it for emphasis and because that's transparent. Like, time to time, I drop the F-bomb. It is what it is. But, um... I think we are, as mentioned, sitting president, not so politically correct. But at the same time, you have this other side of the spectrum that's just so sensitive. Like, um, my understanding are people who are actually petitioning about manholes. Like, we shouldn't be calling them manholes because of genderism and, and, and things of that nature. And yeah. then the whole uh, holiday party. You can't say Christmas party. And I get that, but it's like, oh, man. It's going to take a great deal of effort to analyze the English language and remove all the, the sensitive, uh, you know, words that were created throughout its uh, the centuries of, of use. Like, so most. Let me, let me drop this on. Interesting That's, enough, right? This is political correctness came from the liberal side. I guess you would call it democratic or whatever. But it was used kind of as satire to make fun of certain things by using euphemisms or another way of saying something bad. Good, right? Okay. So, um, example would be like, um, I'm trying to think of like a funny example. But okay, I'll give you like a little simple example. Um, I don't think it would really qualify for it, but it was meant like just you're being funny, but you're not being serious. But then it became the culture of, oh, you can't say that anymore. So an example would be like um, a term would be called midgets for people that are short, right? That is unacceptable now. I think you have to say dwarf or something else. I don't know the substitute. Little people. Is it little people or dwarf? I don't know. Sure. But or the change. Yeah, or like retarded, which would be mentally disabled with special needs or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. So it's kind of like that. I think it kind of stemmed from, um, from what I read in history, like um, the '60s. I think is kind of what started it with the civil rights movement. And they had to find another way. I forgot this guy's name. I think it was Barry Goldwater. I have to fact check it. He was the one that kind of came up with in the political arena. Hey, you can't say, excuse my French, niggers. You got to say inner city. Or you have to say urban, just to give an example. Interesting. Or low income. 
or something. You got to use these kind of words to cover up the fact that you're talking about black people. But that's just one small example. I'm just giving a couple of different examples. So it really just stemmed out of satire and became a whole movement. Now we're in 2019 where everything has to be almost politically correct. To hear somebody express truly how they feel is like a shock now. Do you agree with that? Did we have some sort of filter or should people be able able to uh, exercise that First Amendment to the It's tricky. I think I think it's the difference between you know what you're about to say is wrong and you might not know what you're about You'd to say. You'd be surprised what people might not know. Yeah. Like, take, uh, our, let's take the, the, the N-word, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> hip-hop has glorified it and um, clearly... Black history really isn't emphasized in many schools. So you got people from different races and, and cultures that will approach a random black person and be like, what up, my nigga? And not everyone uh, takes that the same way, you mm-hmm. know? But um, I guess political correctness kind of correlates to hate speech to some degree. Like, it's yeah, all these yeah. delicate just delicate language that you should or you shouldn't use. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tough to tiptoe around. I think I do like more transparency, like p- particularly in politicians, because it kind of gives you an idea of where they stand, you yeah. know? And it's like, here's the thing. It's a democracy and it should be from the people for the people. So a real person should be representing themselves as who they are. And the people should decide if this person's values resonate with them or, or not. If you're you're not cool with this transparent person, then, um, you know, you, you know who you got to vote for somebody else. But I, again, I did admire um, the president's non-political correctness because it was flamboyant. It, it seemed to be so different than what these um, cardboard cutout poster boy politicians, you know, ha- have been doing. And I think that was something that was ex- expressed, um, particularly about Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, she had that perfect cutout political correctness. Like everything she said was perfect. Like it was. It seemed like she wouldn't try to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's like a very, that's, I, I like it, but at the same time, it's just like, it's almost like canned in packets where, mm-hmm. you know, the opposition was more blunt and like, you see who, who that person really is. And mm-hmm. I, I admire him at least for that, for being, for showing a degree of transparency of his real character. I'm a, I, me and my grandfather spoke about this. It's kind of funny. He he was ta- we were talking about politicians speaking. And mm-hmm. The one he brought up was, I remember him saying, "You say the wrong thing, your career is done." Like, and I laughed. We both laughed about it. But I really sat there and thought about. It. I said, he said, "That's why they talk like that, because they say the wrong thing, they're done. Like, really, there is no coming back from that." 
you know, and they got to do so many things to come back from whatever they said, depending on what they And that the, the Rosie O'Donnell tweet set the precedent. Like, mm-hmm. that's a clear example disproving that theory. Like, you can yeah. say, you you can really, you can say some wild and crazy things, and it seems you're, you're it may even, how do you say, uh, help your career to thrive. And I think that's what um, politicians have been studying. And perhaps that's where the, the, the stem of um, profanity is coming from. I heard, who, who else is uh, cursing? Um, I know O'Rourke was the only one I really heard cur- cursing recently. Uh, unless you can find somebody. I think Booker did too. Who? I think Cory Booker did too. Possibly. Uh, I can see him doing it. But again, it, it it is what it is. Um, I do like the change, the game change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh the whole let me put on this public mask and and say things that everyone wants to hear. Nah, I like the I think the people uh, like the shock in in all times and times. Um, I got a question, so let me pose this to you. Do you think? politicians or people running for president or future presidents can get away with what 45 is doing from now on because he set this precedent where you don't have to be so presidential in how you speak um i'm gonna say yes and no because i'm up here doing whatever i want but you must remember he is a privileged billionaire so that comes to a degree as well like back and back up it's one thing to be vulgar and I don't want to say poor, middle class, but mm-hmm. it's um it's another thing to be vulgar and have billions of dollars backing you up, you know, and, and to be in the the top one percent. So I think it is going to change the game. It as I mentioned, it, it influenced me, mm-hmm. and uh, I aim to to influence the, the way future campaigns are going to be run as well. I don't think. Um, they're going to be so conventional in the future, particularly after 2020. I think people are going to are seeing all the different approaches that candidates are taking, and they may uh, do a different moving forward. Okay, because I was wondering too. I was like, what if I get away with it because of who he is? He's always pretty much been like that anyway, for the most part. So it's kind of. Yeah, it's like the status quo for him. But I do think he broke down some barriers, some doors. Like, believe it or not, his presidency has been one of the most interesting things I've seen in my lifetime politically. Mm. To see this has been very fascinating. Granted, I was too young to really remember the other stuff, but this one really sticks with me besides the election of President Barack Obama. I think uh, we're, we've reached the age where politics has become, you know, more, more amusing, more exciting. Mm-hmm. Even more so as I'm playing that game. Hey. <laughs> Upgrade America. <clears throat> but yeah, man. So what? We touched on political correctness and teaching What was it? The bickering. So how would you end um, bipartisan? Bipartisan bickering in your administration, twenty twenty. Oh, um, we discussed this before about 
ending political parties. Mm -hmm. And then rather than having two parties, this the majority would vote, like in the house, mm -hmm. and just go with the numbers. I don't know, like because I, how would I end it? I don't. Is it within a president's power to? Um, how do you say to dissolve presidential parties? I'm sorry, political parties. I don't think so. Ooh, that would be pretty interesting territory to be in. To say, hey, like this is the last administration where we're going to vote on two parties. That's it. But how would you sell that? <laughs> I think the American people would go for that. I don't know so much as the institution of Congress, Senate, House, or I don't think that would fly. I only say that because look how divided the people are. So polarized right now. Like literally the left and the right. But they're so divided and so polarized on the ideas. And then, you know, inside Congress and in, uh, in the Senate is as well. And that was a tough question. How would I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, here, I, I got an idea. Okay. Since uh, I think me becoming president would unify the two parties. Okay. But not in a good oh. way. <laughs> yeah. Because I would be independent. True. But essentially, they would both have to unify together to just that's vote true. against me. Yeah, that's true. You know, they'd be like, guys, we need to come together and get this Cameron Rock character out of office. Yeah, let's put aside our differences and work together for a change. But, I don't know. Could we then spin that and do some good for the people? I don't know. Um... Remember the the show to bring some popular culture in here or media. Mm -hmm. uh, Designated Survivor. Remember the show I put you. Yes, great show. So he always putting me yeah. on. Yo, he always has to do out of the box things to get people working because of bipartisan bickering. If you mm -hmm. paid attention, he always has to do some strategy to get them to actually work and not focus on the fact that he's an independent. So, barring from that playbook, I think you would have to, and it, it's very risky, and it depends on the issue, from what I remember from the show. You have to be, put them on display of the bickering for the people to see, hey, these guys are holding up stuff that we're trying to do to fix America. Look at this. I'm here ready to work and to come up with compromises and deals to do this. So I think you have to keep highlighting that, but the risk you run is they're going to get you up out of there <laughs> because they're not going to like you highlighting, you know, what they're doing or the transparency thing is a little shaky when it comes to politics. So Additionally, it would be <laughs> they would work together. As we mentioned before, you uh, two parties have to work together to for impeachment. So that would be that would be like, yeah, you want to impeach him yet? High five. Yes, five. <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you think? I mean, George Washington is, my understanding, was the only independent president. Unless there was another. That's interesting. But so. in modern day, let's just say 2020, 
how do you think that would work? Independent, independent candidate. And and let's just say he's or she is squeaky clean and they got nothing on him for uh, to impeach him or her out of office. Mm-hmm. How do you think that would play out? I think it would test the system in one of the most interesting ways possible because having an independent, they're free. They're free to like pull from both sides. They're free to deal with both sides a lot differently. Ooh, 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 you just gave me an idea. I'm sorry to cut you off, but maybe that's it. Maybe presidents should have to be independent. Hmm. Hmm. I've never thought of it like that. So you would have your bipartisan here. Mm-hmm. Well, the best presidents would be like the how do you say neutral or yeah yeah or something I, I, I don't know that's not a bad proposition I don't think I've really heard that besides eliminating political parties that's not a bad idea but it goes back to how do you know a person's real motivations like they can yeah, play they can be secretly left or right mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I was just throwing that. My bad it cut you off, man. But nah, then. nah. That's an interesting thought, though. Like, they should definitely have, maybe incorporate, they have to have a third party in at the end of each, like, for the running of the primary. All the way to the end. Like, it should be three parties on the, on the ballot, like, fully. And maybe that'll be a start in trying to revise what we got going on. It's making that mandatory. It's uh, something to consider, but no, you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to, to hear your vision on how you 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 think uh, it would play out. You said it would test the system with the independent candidate. It would because going back to that show, you see the tug of war. Well, he's not. He's not left. He's not right. We don't know which way he's going. It kind of you kind of hold the cards on this. Now you get to see the best ideas. You these people are working like feverishly because <laughs> you're not on either side. You're not committed to either side. You're committed on basically let's get this thing popping. Like so, they're constantly on edge and have to out strategize each other, which is good because you come up with the best solutions True. with competition. So and that's, that's what I'm saying. Can we make like a, a hybrid government, like take it back <laughs> from both worlds and combine, fuse them together, combine and all that good stuff? Like, I don't know. But I think we, we can do it different and we can do it better. Mm-hmm. Just something to consider. What do you think? What would end political bickering bipartisanship or? bickering on both sides. What do you think would end that? Mm. What would end that? Yeah, what do you think? Outside of saying that having an independent president, do you think it'll take some kind of event or something or I don't know. What What do you think? Um. So, I like to say I'm a student of, of history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've studied all the way from Roman Empire to the Middle Ages and, you know, even American history, but there's power is, uh, people are always struggling to obtain it. Mm-hmm. 
And, um... What type of event would it take? Whatever government turns to, there's always people fighting for power. Mm-hmm. And um, to answer your question, what would it take to to, uh, to to get rid of political parties? No, no, I was just saying like the bickering. What do you think it would oh, take? Oh, the bickering, to... political bickering. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you're never gonna, you're never gonna, you're, you're never. There's always gonna be someone who's trying to get to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, and someone's always going to be undermining, you know, the, the superior trying to get to the top, trying to shift that power. And so I don't think there's anything that's going to stop it. Whether it's the Roman Empire, the royal families, you mm-hmm. know, and, and ours, like, that's uh, my understanding during the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's opposition within, uh, you know, within the White House trying to get George Washington out. You know, like, it's, I don't think that'll ever, I don't want to be so pessimistic, but, um, (laughs) how should I say it? It's, uh, it seems to be a constant element of politics. Um, I, I would say this based on my little bit of insight to history, it seemed like, 90s 80s 70s like on back they seem to put their differences aside and work towards common goals more so than currently Hmm. in my opinion just how it looks optics wise like going back i'm not saying they didn't have infighting and bickering and all that of course they did but it seems like they're more willing to like a bipartisan effort say again the Vietnam War, was that a bipartisan effort or both sides on board for that? Uh, probably to a degree, I'm not sure. I'm thinking of, um, you could say invading Iraq and Afghanistan for the most part was bipartisan. I mean, you had people against it, but not that many hmm. within government, Congress and all that. Um, what's another example? Um, obviously 9-11. Um, like everything seemed to move quick with those kind of things. Granted, it's like a national tragedy, like emergency crisis and all that, but I don't know. Like it just seems like back in the day they were willing to roll their sleeves up, get in that in those chambers and like hammer out something, even though they don't agree on it, agree on everything. Because you look at the. Um, Obama's administration, it it was always contention, constantly, for decent stuff. It's always something held up within the process. It seemed like every time, and granted, it could be media spinning and putting all this stuff out, but I remember it wasn't too much happiness, like, when they come up with deals and all, it's always something, like, and very disrespectful during that administration, I noticed from the other side. I noticed that as well. Disrespectful. So, I don't know. I would like to see what it's going to look like next president. What that is going to look like. So, and it almost makes you wonder, like, if, if media just makes things seem worse than it is. Mm. 
True. Because it's like everything you can say about a person you don't know, you're you're, you're basing it on sound bites that were handcrafted and selected for you. So it's like I'm pretty sure you know the media could make a uh, Mahatma Gandhi look like the Antichrist if they had the right sound bites and images, you know, and um, that's always something to take into consideration as well. So anyways, uh, you heard about uh, how Bernie's doing? I think he's stable. Um, I know he got a stint in his heart or vein or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he took some rest from what I remember last and He's just taking a break a little bit, but he's not stopping his comp his campaign. He might just be. And I'm I'm I, I, I'm glad he isn't. Mm-hmm. And um, which brings me to a point I, I wanted to throw out is kind of how I'm running my campaign. It's exclusively digital for you know for constraints on, on, on my time and of you know I can't travel and whatnot. And you know, do you think that's a possibility? Like to have digital uh, campaigns, yes. I think we're going to come to a point where traveling around, maybe for debates, you might travel, like when it gets closer to like actually voting. Yeah. It would probably make more sense that you physically actually have to be there. But I would say like that first what? Because campaign is like 15 months, roughly. I would say the average campaign leading up to like a presidency or something crazy like that. I'm not sure exactly. It seems like it's something. Yeah, so really, to be honest, it seems like it only pulls down to like three months. Really, mm-hmm. right before the election. It's like the month of the election, the month before that, the month. Before. Yeah, I would say that seems like that window of the buildup. Because really think about it. How many people you can reach by doing a podcast every week? Rather than, you know, going to hitting one stadium over here, one stadium over there. And if you have the real right PR pushing, um, you know, traffic towards you, I, I'd argue that you could reach more people online than and, uh, you know, face to face. Because, yeah, it's one thing to see you behind a podium like, eh, and the people cheering. But if you really want to get more bang for your buck and, and constantly communicate to you know to your followers to your crowds i i I like my approach and i don't want to say it's free but uh, you know it can be done on a budget and um this is the scope of the upgrade america cameron rod 2020 presidential campaign for now you know we're always scaling up I, I could also say i think it'd be fascinating to have more interaction polls like on your say campaign profile or whatever i think that would be more effective than traveling all these different places because you can get everybody from everywhere like this hey from 7 to 9 30 p.m i'll be taking your questions directly and we can talk about how to fix or upgrade america so true indeed and i like that would be a lie. you know what i'm saying like there's no editing nah that is right now real-time feedback so so why, why do you think, um, well, one, are any other candidates doing consistent podcasts, like mm-hmm. their own personal not- podcasts, and it, why not? 
scared of what they're gonna say. They're I'm pretty sure that's what it boils down to. I've Plus, come to terms that, I've come to terms that I say stupid things time to time. <laughs> me and too. I, I, can live, I can live with that, but at the yeah. same time, to constantly communicate ideas, this is only helping the audience and potential voters get to know me better. If they're like, hey, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Thanks for these, uh, what are we on, like 29 episodes now? These 29 episodes have showed that this guy is clearly an idiot and I'll never vote for him for president. Or they'd be like, hey, I've really got to know camera like throughout the, you know, the podcast. Like, I I like his ideas. I don't know. I think I think that's the probably the best approach moving forward. Not the fake like, oh, I'm average American, like doing these uh, political stunts or coming here and eating a certain thing or dancing here or drinking a beer here. Nah, you keeping it real. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm eating dinner. I'm doing whatever. I got I got time just dedicated to American people on how to improve America, how to upgrade America. I think that is more genuine. And people are looking more for genuine because they're tired of the political theatrics. Let's be honest. I am. Right. Well, that's... So I'm here, bearded, locks and all, like, I'm not a politician. I'm not, but, and I appreciate you coming along for the journey to, to help me communicate to the, the American people and, and, you know, brainstorm ideas on how we're going to upgrade America. But um, it's been a journey. And thanks, everybody out there for watching and for hanging out with us. It's always a privilege. Any closing remarks? Um, nah, we, we kind of went a little bit all over the place tonight, but this is what's going on. So, yeah, we just really wanted to talk on it. Um, thank you for listening, subscribing, liking. We want to see more comments. We want to see interaction from you guys. Just let us know. I try to put the links in the audio. He tried to put the links and stuff like that in the visual. So, so let us know. We're going to bribe them, man. I don't know, something. We're going to have to bribe them with like an Amazon gift card or something like. You know. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll do some contests. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out something, but we appreciate it. That's all I got. Yeah. Want to say get well, Bernie. Don't quit your campaign. And Upgrade America, Cameron Rock, 2020. Peace. Peace.